at Mom Life presented by Kids Dentistry, welcoming new smiles at Kids Dentistry. With safety as their top priority and easy online scheduling for new patients, Kids Dentistry is where healthy smiles grow. Visit kidsdentistry.com. That's dentistry spelled D-E-N-T-I-S-T-R-E-E. Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan, and today I am joined by Katie. Katie is a small business owner of a wonderful boutique called Six Sisters, which is a fabulous store, Six Sisters Boutique, here in Nulu in downtown Louisville. And Katie, I always like to start with a basically how I know somebody. And sometimes the only way I know somebody is via Instagram or through somebody else. Now you're one of those people that I have had the pleasure of knowing back when I used to like get dressed up and do things. You got to dress me once for a fashion show that I was emceeing. And on this, after I walked, I had to walk the catwalk, which I'm uncomfortable doing. Fine emceeing, not walking the catwalk. You were like, you owned this dress keep this dress and I will like, it's still hanging in my closet is like one of those little black dresses that someday I will get back. So Katie, thank you for finally joining me on the podcast. Yeah, you did rock that dress. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I mean, you you were wonderful and so gracious about that. And that's what's fun. Sometimes a lot of people think that uh, a lot of times that then they see me wearing all these clothes. I'm like, Oh, gosh, I'm just borrowing them and giving them right back. I can't afford all, all of these things. And people assume by if I live some rock star life, which dear God, I could not be further from that, especially now working from home. I have got my fancy sweats and my night sweats. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. yes, we all have our different levels of fashion, fa- mm. sweatpants at this point. I didn't think I'd ever say those words together. No, but you have like the fashionable sweatpants. You don't care if other people see you in them and you don't mind running to the grocery in them. And then you have like the pants that you, you shouldn't wear out of the house. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Like Christmas pajamas is what we're, yeah. <laughs> I have these, (laughs) I have these Grinch pants that are like my ultimate, like if I'm freezing cold, put on these Grinch pants, they're my husband's. They're like super big, super long. They trail after my feet like slippers. It's absurd, but I totally understand what you're saying. So Katie, you're actually born and raised right from Louisville, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, I refuse to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I love that. So many people I feel like are waiting to get out of their hometown. When you say you refuse to leave, I mean, why are you, I'm totally rooted here too, but I don't usually hear people say like, I'm never going anywhere. Why why do you love it so much? Yeah. um, I mean, born and raised in the small business community as well. Like my parents are in small business and we grew up in Crescent Hill. So, um, you know, obviously I love to travel. That's my, um, second favorite hobby outside of being a mom and a business owner. Um, so, you know, I've traveled to the, to New York city and, and all these places, but home is here. And like Louisville is just so chocked full of good stuff. And like the food is the best food in the country and the shopping is great and everything is locally owned. And like, yeah, we have our malls and trust me, I'm an anthropology girl too, but like, we have that. Like, I don't have to go to when we were younger in high school, like I used to have to go to Cincinnati or even to Chicago to shop those stores. But in the last like 15 years, since I've hit adulthood, like our small business community has just expanded. And there's just nothing that we, I feel like that Louisville doesn't have that I need. Like we have our soccer stadium now and we have, you know, beautiful parks and, and like, and it's affordable. Like, why would I ever want to go anywhere? We get four, we, we usually have four seasons of the year, <laughs> you know, all those good things that you need. In life. <laughs> 
You know, I growing I grew up in southern Indiana, but basically Louisville. And so I used to have to cross the bridge to get to mm-hmm. like the fancier mall, to get to the American Eagle and like to get to the stores that were not over here. Old Navy. Like it sounds so silly. Starbucks were not in Indiana. I had to go to Louisville to get them. But I totally understand what you're saying. And fun fact, the podcast, actually, my company supports it across our 200 radio stations across the country. So it's actually a really good thing for people to know. Like Louisville has been named multiple times as one of the foodiest cities in the nation. There are amazing restaurants. And I hate that some of those restaurants have had to close due to the pandemic and they couldn't make it through. But you're totally right. The small business community, whether it's boutiques and stores and restaurants and any type of store, the most eclectic, crazy things you can imagine. There's like magical little pockets around Louisville. And I think that's one of my favorite parts is like, you can go to one part of town and it's got its own vibe and its own set of stores and its own little community. And then you go over here and it's it just, there's so many little things for people, no matter what you're looking for, you can find it somewhere. Well, and Southern Indiana has in the last, I want to even just say like five years, but yes, has kind of, you know, you've got the walking bridge over to Jeff and that is continuing to grow in New Albany. I think vice versa kind of feels like a little vacation. Like I don't Mm -hmm. feel like I'm in Indiana. I don't feel like I'm in Louisville. Granted, it's literally like 12 minutes from (laughs) my house and it's just like you go over there and it's so cute and quaint and it's all locally owned now. And like they're doing such a good job over there. And I just, it's just a little pocket of heaven. The other thing that is my favorite, and I know some, my husband, he's not from this area. So he often is just like, when I go, I'm in the same school system that I grew up in, or my kids are now going to the same school system that I grew up in. And so some of the other kids' parents are the people that I went to school with. And so it's such a, it's a very small knit community in the sense that we all know each other. And that's Louisville in general. Um, But I mean, you, you mentioned even New Albany specifically, so many of those business owners down there are also my friends and that I've seen grow. And I went to school with them and I'm like, oh my gosh, you own this store now that like people from all over the country are buying your derby yeah. dresses or whatever it may be. And so it really is impressive what we have here. So you were born and raised in Louisville. Now, mm-hmm. clearly, and this sounds stupid, I should have assumed this, your store is called Six Sisters Boutique, but for a reason, because you are one of six sisters. Yes. Yeah. Um, I and mean, we don't do business together. We would kill each other if we had to share money. Um, the only thing we can really share is wine and we're not even good at that. <laughs> so yeah, but they are wonderful and they, you know, you talked about rocking that runway dress. They're kind of my motivation every day behind that. Um, and so I named the store after them cause we just play dress up. Like growing up, we are super athletic family, but we like that's women need to make other women feel good about each other and about themselves. And so like, just having that vibe of sisterhood and motherhood and whether you're a sister or a friend or an aunt, it's just, I mean, we are like female power house. Uh, so h- how close in age are you guys? So we're like the Brady Bunch in the thing. So we're um, like in sets of two. Um, so we range 35 to 19. Actually, so we just turned 20. So 35 to 20, but like it's 35, 33. And then my sister, Kelsey and I are 11 months apart. Um, at 27 and 28. Yeah. Irish twins. And then um, Molly and Sophie, who are both in college, are 20 and 21. So yeah, we're we're like, we each had our like troublemaker with us. <laughs> okay. I, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. So 
A friend of mine, by the way, has Iris triplets, had a baby, and then got pregnant with twins. And so within 11 months, there were three kids. So I can't even imagine. Um, but I move on from that. So I'm one of three girls. So I have only three sisters. Well, I'm one of three sisters. And so we all of us were within four years. So we're all less than 18 months apart. And I mean... I couldn't remember growing up, just the three of us. At one time, it was like a freshman in high school, sophomore in high school, senior in high school. I mean, we were all right there, but we couldn't have been more different from one another. Like, luckily, we weren't as competitive with one another at school and stuff because we were in such different things. That wasn't necessarily an issue. But for you, because you had like little pockets, were you basically closest to your sibling that was an age to you? Or were like you friends with the older one or younger one? Like, did the... (laughs) This sounds silly. Was there... Did you guys ever feel like it was like three on three or two on two on two? Like, how did that work? One on five. <laughs> <laughs> There's one sister. So Kelsey, who's 11 months younger than me, we are polar opposites. Um, as opposite as can be. Growing up, she was like the tomboy and I was the girly girl. And now it's completely like opposite. She is a hardcore diva, um, has two like coolest kids ever. Um, young mom. And I'm over here like, just boring (laughs) and like comfortable and like on like I have my pride like I have a checklist and I'm very organized um so not boring just like she's free spirit diva like wild child um but yeah she was always the troublemaker and she always has and always will be um but we we're all pretty close to each other now that we're grown up I think that really helps um yeah but it was always it was always one on five. She's the, she will cause the riff and everything and then bring everybody back together. Cause she's also got like that smile that just lights up the whole world. So. I relate to that in such a deep level because I feel like that's been the relationship with me and my sisters too. Um, Cause it was always like one on two. Like it was always, there was always one over here. It was rarely all of us getting along. And now that I'm a mom of three, I remember being terrified of being a mom of three and I never wanted to have two kids or three kids. I wanted two or four. Cause I was like, no, I want this to be like, I need, I don't want it to be one on two. I don't want somebody singled out. So it does make me feel better that you have six and it was still one on five. So it doesn't necessarily matter. <laughs> I would, I would fit in with your older sisters because I'm like right in between them right now. So I'm getting, I am 33, but I'm getting ready to turn 34 here in May. So I fit in, like I would be with them. But I mean, actually what's strange now is that I was always the, I'm the youngest. Where do you fit? Oh no, you're in the middle. You're in the middle too. You are three. Okay. So I am number three as well, but three is in the baby. And I was always wanting to be friends with my sister's friends. So my oldest sister, I would always hang with her friends. And strangely now, um, her best friend growing up is now my best friend. And like, I'm the godmother to her children. So like her and I, strangely, I was like her kid sister. She had all brothers. So I was the kid sister she never had. So, I mean, she's still part of our family. It's just funny. I mean, do you guys share friends? And was there ever like boy crossover and stuff like that? Never boy crossover. We all That's good. Very different tastes in men. <laughs> that's good. Um, so that's also like we have, yeah. The the brother in laws and the boyfriends are really close together as well. Because as you know, um, we're all home except for Molly. So yeah, we're all pretty close. But yes, no boy crossover. But we definitely, especially now that we're grown up, have some really close friends together. Um, yeah, like my best friend partied with my oldest sister. Um, and now she's my best friend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you totally understand that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. And I mean, yes, my Silda sister is still around. So I mean, like when my friend Joy sees her, it's like they still know each other. They were best friends then. But I mean, Joy was the first one to like take me to a college party. back in the day. That's just the beauty of having siblings. So, I mean, clearly I know we're diving into all six sisters, but I mean, I can only imagine growing up in a, in a household with that many people in it had to have been chaotic because that's just a lot of people in a house. It is. It's a thank goodness. Our parents um, do really well at their job. My, my parents have a small law office. Um, and so um, we had our space and, you know, we didn't, we weren't raised with one bathroom. Um, we had a couple bathrooms. So like we had our space and whatnot, but um, it is always chaotic and we were all playing sports all the time. So like Heather was in high school athletics and she was top of her class. She was all American basketball and volleyball player. And then you have like all the middle school sports going on in grade school. And dad was, you know, the volleyball coach. It was just wild. We ate like El Tarasco Mexican every single night of the week. It feels like growing up because we were never home and we were all over the place all the time. Yeah. Just, and then clothes everywhere. Yeah, like just wild. Oh, I can't imagine the amount of prom dresses and um, at some point uh, homecoming dresses. And then it's like, can't you wear your sister's hand-me-downs? Of course not. Yeah, no, you can't ever wear your sister's hand-me-downs. We had, and like now even, I think just like through the four of us going through college and bridesmaids dresses that are hanging in my mom's closets at her house still, along with prom dresses. Why we were never the people to sell our dresses, I don't know. But there's just, you know, there's like a 2004, there's probably like seven dresses because, you know, we went to junior and senior prom that year and you can't wear the same one either. And you can't wear, you know. It was wild. I mean, there's closets of just formal wear in my mother's house. God love her. But she's probably just waiting. I don't know what for. Um, but yeah, I mean, constantly. And, and the weirdest thing, like, so my parents bought a house on Frankfurt Avenue when I was in middle school. And when they redid it, because um, it was a, it's a Victorian, they literally, like most places you walk into your master bedroom and then into your master bathroom. And instead, at my parents' house, you walk into this master bathroom to get to the master bedroom because my dad was like, nobody leaves our bathroom. He was like, just make it like, I don't need people to walk through my bedroom. I need them to walk through my bathroom because they're never going to leave our bathroom. And because we were just always together doing somebody's hair or somebody's makeup or getting dressed or whatever it was. And with all girls, except for my dad, like there's... There's no sense of like privacy either. It's just like constantly, yeah, you walk through the bathroom to get anywhere um, in our house. And that's just, yeah, we were constantly getting ourselves together. Hot messes though. I, I love, cause again, I, I obviously know what it was like with me and my sisters and we were so different. So, I mean, I was probably like the, the girliest girl most involved in all the things, but I mean, there were times where it was like everyone like at your separate sinks and we're all doing hair, there's hair stuff. And then there's ma- makeup stuff. My oldest sister's like, did you take my um, eyeliner sharpener? Like there was mm-hmm. always something like that going on. And of course I took the eyeliner sharpener because at the time my mom, I mean, my sisters were of course the ones that like convinced my mom to let me shave my legs for the first yeah. time. They were the ones that convinced my mom to let me start wearing makeup. They were like, it's not fair. And they weren't like bullying me by any means, but it was like, mom, look at this. You have to let her. Or I remember, of course, my oldest sister was the first one actually with the girl that's now my best friend. They like held me down and plucked my eyebrows for the first time. (laughs) There's just like those sisterly things that happen that is when you're that close in age and there's just that many of you. So, I mean, my dad was one of eight kids. So 
I was used to being around a lot of people. I mean, cause his family gatherings, there was obviously tons of cousins, but then we always had an open door policy growing up. So there were several times in which my dad had his sister, brother-in-law, and then their kids living in our house for a couple of years. So there were very often times that we had 12 people living yeah, in the house. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah. We were a family of five, but we took care of technically he was my second cousin, but more like a grandfather. He had epilepsy and other things that he couldn't live on his own. So he was like my grandpa who lived with us. So we were always a family of six with him. And then we would take on other people. So it was like, there was just always a chaotic home, but like to the point where even still now, and you probably feel the same way, if everything is completely quiet, I'm more concerned there's something wrong than comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, literally the 15 year old. So, my the second sister has a 15 year old, and we were like talking just at like normal, like normal levels the other day at dinner. And she was sitting at the dining room table, and we were at the kitchen island, and we weren't talking about her at all. But I mean, because we weren't loud, she was like, Y'all are talking about me. She was like, You all are, what are you all talking about? Because she's 15 and obviously in a mood all the time. Of course. But I was like, we were talking about, you know, like what's in our freezer. We had, it had nothing to do with you going, but because we weren't loud, he was like, oh, you're for sure. Like <laughs> it's constant. But yeah, I mean, same with like my sister, Heather, the oldest was such a tomboy. And so like that, that movie scene in love and basketball where the girl goes to prom for the first time and has to wear flats. That was Heather. So every time she had something and she was so popular with volleyball and basketball, it was like, it it was a makeover. It was miscongeniality every single time she had to get ready. Um, just talking about like prom dresses and everything. I mean, because she only wore sweatpants, like only wore sweatpants. So, but she's she's six feet tall, blonde, bombshell, and you never know it because she constantly had on like the worst clothes, and she still does. She's like completely comfortable, runs a food truck, and she's <laughs> extremely successful. But she smells like tacos every day. And wears leggings like it's her job, which we all do right now. But like girls been doing that for years. <laughs> she loves it. And she's so comfortable. Listen. Sh yeah. She's just setting the trend. I have to ask which food truck. <laughs> so she owns Smoking Cantina food truck. Um, so they're down in Butchertown and they have a whole commissary kitchen with like 12 other food trucks that park there. So it's really cool. She's she's literally backed up to the soccer stadium, the new one in Butchertown. So like I think they're going to be slinging yeah. tacos during games. Um, when things get back to normal, but I mean, literally smells like a taco truck all the time and we love it. Obviously she keeps us fed, but yeah, she's stayed that way forever. <laughs> she, we're all very comfortable in our skin. <laughs> so you guys are obviously all now older and yes, your youngest are now in college. Yeah. So you also told me that, um, you guys have what's called three mile Island. What is three mile Island? I don't leave it. <laughs> so I grew up on um, Frankfurt Avenue in Crescent Hill. Um, work in Nulu. My sister's in Butchertown. Um, the other sister lives across the street from my parents um, in Crescent Hill. And we're in the Highlands. So I literally, it's just like if you drew a little map of Three Mile Island, like it's just, I, I think I was doing insurance. I think the, the guy was like, how far do you drive for work? And how far? And I was like, and I like calculated it one day. And I was like, I do not leave this. Like Target is like, 2.9 miles away. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's what we call it. And you know, it's the hub of obviously, like I have to go to the Costco, you know, in the East End every now and then or whatever. But like, in general, where we grew up and where we live, we're so fortunate um, to be able to live inside kind of Louisville Metro in the city. And we there's no reason to have to leave. There's a Target close by and there's a Kroger here. And then, you know, we eat out 
non-COVID like five nights a week. And even now we're doing carry out constantly and between work. I mean, we all just, it's our hub and it's home. And now like when I have to go out to like the Middletown area, it feels like I'm like on an adventure in some other world because we just, yeah. And the whole family, like we all have bought our houses so close to mom and dad um, keep the grandbabies nearby and everything. So yeah, I'll never leave. <laughs> I'm kind of a city snob in that, in that respect. <laughs> so I don't, I am not a city snob because in Southern Indiana, it's kind of hard to yeah. be that way, but I do live on some land and we built a multi-generational home. So that's two houses and one, two houses and one. So my parents are here. My grandfather is here and actually my oldest sister lives with us. So like our normal household is nine people. So we have four generations technically under one roof. So while I don't drive around to these things, like my normal kitchen table is like all of us sit around the same kitchen table every single night and eat dinner together. And my kids are used to seeing their grandparents and great grandfather every single day. And they just don't think anything of it. My kids are seven, five and 15 months and they call it their big family. And whenever there's like big chunks missing, they're like, where's my big family at? Like they know that's just how we live. And some people are like, how do you do that? And I'm like, you know, this is, would not work. This lifestyle would not work for everybody. I'm sure there are a lot of people that like couldn't stand living cl that close to all their siblings and their parents. But there are some of us like you and I, it's like, no, that's really just how we function. More is like a legitimate family unit. Yes, you have your immediate family unit, but you also just have all of these outer rims that you really do function together every single day. And I'm sure, especially during COVID, that was helpful for you. Oh, extremely. And so my sister, Heather, for some reason, has taken the spotlight of this, but she has um, just turned one. So she had a baby beginning of February and I had Paxton beginning of May. And we're both first time mothers and COVID hit and we're small business owners. So like, oh, gosh, mind, like we constantly are like mom, dad, like we, or any of our sisters. I mean, Sophie, who's in college, has been like a great, you know, reliable source. Just like, can you watch her while I you know, while I go help do inventory at the store or she has to, you know, do a food truck gig or whatever it is. I mean, we're just, I think my two, so Ashley is, has a 15 year old um, and she had a baby when she was 18 and then Kelsey has two little ones and she had her super young also. And so I think we've just kind of been, we've grown up even in adulthood taking care of each other's kids. And like, it's just something that we don't know any other way. Um, yeah, I mean, and every every Sunday is family dinner, but like every Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, really, it's, it's like family dinner with everybody. And we vacation together. Like it's really, really hard to vacation. We're we're now sixteen people, um, just my siblings and like the kids and my parents. Um, and it's really hard, but like we know no other way. That should, we just spend so much time together. It's wild. So. You graduated high school. I'm, I'm, I'm rewinding just a little bit back to try to figure out how you got down the career path you did. And I want to know where your husband came in. <laughs> so after high school, how did you, you obviously own a clothing store for women now, but how did you get on that path? Yeah. So we, um, my aunt opened um, Apricot Lane in Westport Village when I was a senior at Ballard and being like a mile down the road, that was a no brainer. So that opened my senior year. Um, and I, you know, obviously loved it and took advantage of working, you know, for family and got the opportunity to start going to markets um, and started working almost full time while I was in school. Um, so I went to L, 
and just like I thought I was going to do like photojournalism. I had been a huge photography student at Ballard and really thought I was going to go to art school. And my dad, of course, was not paying for me to be a starving artist and said, you can go to UofL first Um, and just fell in love with it. So just um, started going to market. And that's like every girl's dream. And I tell people today, I'm like, I play dress up and I shop every single day. And I don't know very many women that don't want to, you know, play dress up and shop every day. <laughs> so yeah, so did that for seven years. Um, and Apricot Lane's a franchise out of California. So I actually got to go to Evansville and open that store and went to, down to Bowling Green and open that store. And just really was able to cast my net a little bit um, and learn from other business owners as well. And then Nulu popped up. Um, my mom was driving home from work one day and was like, Katie, there's a space open. And I never thought that we could afford it. Um, my husband and I were not married yet. And we just jumped right in. I don't know what we were thinking <laughs> other than the rent wasn't as high as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so we jumped right in. But yeah, and then, you know, I started CrossFit in 2012, I think, and met my husband cabrewing with a CrossFit crew of people. Um, and that was a wild first date we were set up and it kind of just, I mean, we clicked right away and, and I moved in like within six months to his apartment in Old Louisville (laughs) and the rest is pretty much history. I mean, we, um, yeah. Who set you guys up? The owners of the gym who were actually our best men in our wedding. I mean, they are our best friends. Um, but yeah, so the gym is over, um, off Baxter Avenue and it's my uncle's property. Um, so we kind of felt like we had to join the gym to give these two young, like military dudes some business. And so we, we had no business doing CrossFit. My dad started as well with me. Um, and I still have no business doing CrossFit like 10 years later now, but, um, they've become our family as well. The owners have, but yeah, they set us up. Um, and we ended up, you know, drinking too much on the Green River and um, kind of just things took off from there. <laughs> you know what? My husband and I were also set up again, back to this girl who was my sister's friend that became Abby's friend. Yeah. Um, she's the one who like set up me and my husband. And so her husband and my husband went to high school together down in Owensboro. And then her and I both went to UofL, even though she's older. And so they set us up and then we've been together ever since. And if it makes you feel better within like, we started, we went on a date the end of September. And I also went to UofL and his apartment was right by UofL. So I was like, this is a lot easier. And I also work downtown. And so I was also kind of just like half there within like three months. And then like we full fledged bought a house together nine months later. But the thing is, is like my parents were with us. His parents were with us. His grandparents were with us, like looking at houses. (laughs) It was just one of those things where it was also just this immediate connection. And I mean, I was 21 and he was 20 five at the time. So he's about four years older than me. So it just was what it was. Yeah, it was super easy. I mean, we took we took forever to get married because he went back to grad school. Um, But yeah, I was like, you're right here. And I kind of just brought like an Ikea bag, which is not a small bag. No, (laughs) I did too. That's what I had with me. (laughs) Yeah. Just I forgot about them. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is just more convenient. Let me put the shampoo over there. I'm going to just bring this, set that inside the closet. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. So, 
okay, you and your husband then, you, you well, not then, but so you were doing the Apricot Lane, you helped open the stores, you meet your husband. This is before you guys got married that you found that space. So how long have you had six sisters? Yeah, then? so we will be, um, so the business has been established almost four years now, and we will be four years like open in August. Um, so uh, I could not have chosen a better place to open a store. Um, and now you're talking to me almost one year into COVID. <laughs> but yeah, so we've been open almost four years now and we're still still open. So that's you know, that's saying something, I think. Step one. <laughs> Step one is a small business owner who owns a shop, which for the first however long, almost two months, you weren't even allowed to be open. Yes. I mean, unless you were doing curbside or online orders, which I know some boutiques, it just depended on how fast you could react and what you could do. But it, when this hit, you were also very pregnant yeah oh yeah no i the last six weeks of my pregnancy i thought i was gonna like explode of boredom because i just i had planned i mean he his due date was may 7th derby i think was may 2nd this past year and i just knew that i had to be in the store for derby um obviously that didn't happen so then i my whole like my last month of pregnancy, I just was like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like I was already done with the nursery because I just knew that I was going to be working 40 hour weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were super pregnant and the store because of where it is and in Louisville is 70% tourism. So when not only did we close, but like everything else got canceled, it Mm. like, yeah, we have our locals and we're very fortunate for them and and they're wonderful and they can do curbside, but they're only 30% of our business. I mean, when Louisville shut down and then you add in the protests, like the locals didn't want to come downtown. The tourism was done and dead. So like, it was hard. It was, yeah, it, it's been a wild year of motherhood and in COVID and everything. I'm going to get into the motherhood part, which is usually yeah. what I lead with. How did you survive? Like how, as a business owner, because you're right. And again, because I know other people listen to this even parts around the country, Louisville was one of the hotspots for the civil rights movement, the Black Lives Matter movement that was occurring um, in where you're located is in the heart of downtown. And for most downtown businesses, they're thriving off of tourism mm-hmm. and large events. Yeah. And so when you remove tourism and there are no large events, every hotel, restaurant, shop, and then add in protests, you're 100% right. Whatever percentage of local people you had, I knew people that were like, I'm not going downtown. And I'm like, my radio station's downtown. And I wasn't going downtown. Um, it's, it's a different atmosphere down there. And I mean, I, I went down to Nulu. The last time I was down there was in December. And I remember being so pleasantly surprised and happy because Nulu was like this little pocket that was alive when I went back downtown, which is for a while. I almost cried every time I went through downtown. Cause I was like, everything's boarded up. No, there are no people. The Starbucks are closed. Like, you know, it's bad when Starbucks is all the yeah. Starbucks were closed. Um, but then I went to Nulu and I was like, wait, where did all these businesses come from? And so I'm glad that was in December, but you had to get through everything until now. So how did you survive? I mean, we, a large part of it was we pivoted. I mean, we had to really amp up our online presence and our marketing. And, you know, we luckily I had prepared for being out of the store. So I have a wonderful manager at the store and she was there every day, even when we were closed, just marketing. And then you have Nulu as a community, which I'm super proud of. Um, obviously, I, I said as the vice president of the Newly Business Association, which took a lot of heat during the protest as well. We actually had our own um, 
protests through Nulu, calling out Nulu for diversity and lack thereof and whatnot. And so I think more than anything, you know, COVID was awful. Everybody who's still here obviously found a way to pivot and survive. And we really relied on on social media marketing and in our website, which we had to bulk up big time, which is not something that we've ever had to do. So that was a learning force. But the community of newly coming together and saying we have to figure out a way to survive this. We also have to figure out a way to make sure that we're, you know, equitable and we're diversifying and everything. It's been such a crazy year of like wanting to do better and be better, but like having zero resources to make that happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just, it's, I want to, you know, I want to say that it was like A, B, and C, but honestly, Newly was just the neighborhood. I mean, we are all small business owners and we just fought so hard and we're still fighting. I mean, we don't have Bach Fest this March, which is like my favorite event because baby goats, of course, <laughs> racing in the street. Um, Bach Fest is awesome. It's my mm-hmm. favorite. I love Newly Fest, but like Bach Fest and I walk the St. Patty's Day Parade in the Highlands with a baby goat in my baby like carrier (laughs) every year so like not having that is heartbreaking but i think in other ways we've made so many strides um as a community that just like we we had to we we had no choice but to survive i feel like um especially me like i my husband's a teacher i we have to survive like i just had a baby so we just had to figure it out day by day slowly but surely and my sisters um unfortunately molly was supposed to spend a year in chile um, and she couldn't because of COVID. She literally was there for two weeks and came home um, last March. So she was home helping big time. And she's like a little miniature genius um, in her degree as international business. So she implemented all this stuff that I still can't explain, but it's working. <laughs> I'm like, thank God for family and for sisters and for good employees. Like we, yeah, our employees have stuck with us through this whole thing, which is just wild. And I thank them every day. <laughs> You know, there was times where it's like, I think all of us um, had to figure out new ways to do our jobs out of nowhere. And like, I was just reflecting when I was looking back at like where I started my podcast was like sitting in the studio and chattering about all these things. And then like two weeks later, it was like all shut down. And I'm like, it's insane to think where my mindset was there. But when I look back, I am so amazed at how much people taught themselves, how much people had to evolve in such a short period of time when people by nature do not like change. So you're taking people who don't like change and you're having to teach them new technologies and new ways and new marketing. Like you're literally reprogramming their brain. And it hasn't even been a year. And you're right, because there was no other option. You wanted your kids in school, you had to figure out how to do this. You wanted to keep your job, you had to figure out how to do this. You wanted to keep your business open, you wanted to keep your employees employed, you wanted to figure out how to stay at your job and function and make money so other people don't lose their jobs. I mean, it was literally a point that I don't think any of us would have ever chosen to have learned all of the things that we did in the short amount of time that we did, but there was no option. Like it was only this. And I am blown away constantly by like what my kids' schools teachers have done, what they have done for my kids, what they maintained. I am blown away, but like how businesses like you have been able to do that. I mean, the media industry, I mean, we were all like dependent on studios and fancy things. And now we're all split apart from all of our homes, still producing the same product. And I mean, through pandemics and civil rights movements in, I mean, the craziest political season we've all seen. I mean, it's truly a time where there are, 
I mean, you have to obviously forecast in advance, but you couldn't, you couldn't see forward. Sometimes it was minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. And it's like, you can't see over here. You can only see right here and plan for what's right in front of your face. Of course, you and I can see each other. You can see my hands moving. I'm like putting my hand right in front of my face. Um, But I love what you're saying about how you guys came together because there was no choice. So you, you relied on your family, you relied on your coworkers and you pushed and cause there, that's all you could do. And we relied on our neighborhood too. I mean, everybody, you know, when it came to like curbside, it was, you know, if, if our neighbors had pickups from the same customers, we made sure somebody was there, you know, like, because you obviously don't want to sit in an empty store all day either. But yeah, I mean that. And then, I mean, shoot, my husband teaches high school band and he works for JPS. <laughs> So like we've been figuring out how to run a business, how to teach high school band on Zoom, like in my guest bedroom, like just everybody had to change. And I think a lot of people in Louisville being a small business community realized that. And we have a lot of people that just wanted to help. Um, and we yes. still do. And I think that that also um, played a big part in at least why Nulu, for the most part, we've had a few places that have shut down. But in the grand scheme of things, we actually have more coming than what's closed. And so innovative and like there's so much that was like, I guess we were right on the cusp of of like all of this stuff exploding, at least in Louisville. I mean, tourism was better than it's ever been. And like, I don't know how the economy is outside of my life, but I'm just like. Outside of three miles. Yeah, outside of this three miles um, after the year of yeah politics that we have, I've literally just about turned the TV off. But like Louisville was just here. We were on the cusp of greatness. Um, and, and being, you drive through downtown and I'm still scared most days of what that is going to look like um, in the next year. But outside of downtown itself, central downtown, I think all of Louisville is still in this like cusp of greatness that in the next year we're just going to see. And same with like New Albany and Jeff, like stuff has opened during COVID and I'm sitting here. Yes. It's crazy. (laughs) I'm like, y'all are wild opening anything right now, but they're doing it. And I think the community is backing it. You know, I, again, I have friends, other friends that are small business owners, even other small like clothing boutique stores, one specifically in New Albany. And they're experiencing, like they had a boom. They got to expand their store, like triple the size of their location. And I'm going, wait, what? Another one of my friends, same thing. She went from this tiny little place and I'm like, you just expanded into a huge space. I mean, I have all, I totally agree with you. I have seen new restaurants open. I have seen other new stores open because I think people are like, wait a second. I have to support my own because otherwise I'm affecting my entire community. So it's like, not that we all don't go to Target and go to Costco and those things, but it's like, if you're going to eat, can you go eat out from a local restaurant? If you're going to go get those fancier sweatpants or that, that one piece of clothing you use on all your fancy zoom meetings, (laughs) please go shop local. I mean, it just became like something that even amongst all of the unknown in the sometimes scary, even downtown, it's like, we all could, everyone can agree on that. Everyone would still at the end of the day wants to support our community. And I agree with you. We were on the cusp of all of these things. And so I hope we are still on that cusp, but maybe with a different vision now that we've seen, like you said, Nulu is like, wait a second, we've got to diversify. We've got to do this. So, I mean, like at the same time, maybe the last year has also helped refocus away in ways that maybe we needed to. Oh, so, yeah. 
So I do, I mean, like, that's why I'm trying to pull the silver lining. I'm in a silver lining mood today. Other days I'm like, the world is ending. Um, <laughs> Cause I've called my boss at times and I'm like, I don't know how to go in the air. I don't know what the world is. Um, and so in the meantime, it's like, then you shake it off and the next day you're like, well, that happened. Yeah. Um, now what? So, so you have a brand new baby during this time too. And yeah. you did say this is your first. So you had your baby on May 5th. Yeah. He's a single de Mayo COVID baby. <laughs> he's going to have the most fun birthday parties right. forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> family. <laughs> exactly. Whole family's like, Oh, look, we get margaritas. It's your first birthday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which sounds great. I'm a May baby. My my one daughter is a May baby. So like I have a soft spot for May babies in general. Um, he's also gonna have to share his birthday with Derby sometimes. Yeah. So he's always gonna have festi festivities oh, yeah. around. So was when okay. My friends and I talk about this a lot. Every you go to all the mother classes. People tell you about what to expect. Your sisters, your friends. But when it was you in those shoes at home with little baby Paxton. What were did you suddenly feel fish out of water or did you feel like this is what I've been meant to do my whole life? No, I felt fish out of water last night and I've been doing it for almost <laughs> 10 months now. Um, yeah. I mean, with COVID, so we actually, um, I was so scared. You were seeing stories all over the country of partners and people not being in the delivery room. Um, so like going in, I was just horrified of what to experience. And it felt like, so my husband got to be with me at the end of the day. Um, and, and longest, most weirdest delivery ever. Um, I won't scar anybody with that, but we were in this inside room where we had a courtyard view. Well, nobody's allowed in the hospitals and we didn't see anybody because we could have no visitors. So we literally were like, we just took this super weird vacation, stayed in like a hospital instead of a hotel and are taking this kid home that we should not be allowed to take home yet because they were trying to get you out as quickly as possible. And like, we didn't see a single face yep. visitors, which was both a blessing and a curse. I think, um, you know, a lot more bonding time with baby in the hospital, but yeah, I mean, we literally put him in the car seat. Like we strapped him in wrong and they had no, like we didn't know until we got home. And my mom was like, this is not how you do this. <laughs> well, they let us take him. Like, um, yeah, I mean, just completely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was wild. And then, yeah. you know, it, go ahead. <laughs> it's a, it's, I remember having that same terrifying moment in the hospital with my first, because we, unfortunately, after a 30 hour labor, I hadn't slept in almost two days. We had all the visitors. It was like a rotating door and my husband who can sleep through anything. He's passed out on the couch. I am delirious, swollen everywhere, bleeding, no idea what's going on. And then, so the very first time everybody left me alone, like my husband went to go, I don't know, get food, get clothes, whatever. I was alone with the baby in the room and I was sobbing and someone came, a nurse came in and they were like, are you good? And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a mother forever. And I remember feeling so like, I have no clue. You're just going to let me take this little dude home. And I have no clue. And I was so freaked out. Because again, everyone's like, oh, the baby showers and you've got your cute little baby bump and your baby glow and it's all fun. Let's decorate the nursery. And then you get the baby home the first night and you just find yourself staring at them going, no idea. No idea. Well, and so we didn't even have baby showers. My husband got to have a diaper party and then we had a small like family couple shower, but my baby showers were literally the end of March and everything shut down, I think March 13th. And so yep. we were getting packages, but I, I've yet to have a real baby shower with a bunch of girlfriends. Um, 
so yeah, like, and then the classes, we had these classes scheduled and I think we went to one that was like an accident. Like we didn't realize what it was and it was a stupid class that like we, we did know that much. I had been in the room for some of my sister's births. So I was like, I pretty much know how to have a baby. It's not going to be great, but like I know how to do it. Um, uh, so yeah. Um, whether, it, yeah, however that's going to happen. But, but yeah, I mean, so we really were fish out of water and then he was born in May and that was still, we were still very much shut down. And like my mom had to come in and change her shirt every time she came in to the house. And, you know, my sisters all had their masks on and the pediatrician was like, no, nobody can see him. That's not the way my family works. I was like, I, they're, I can't literally, like my sister was like, I'm going to be in the parking lot with a poster board. You just look down. As soon as you have that baby, we're there. Oh, <laughs> so of course, like bringing him home, I couldn't keep my family away, but we also, and we needed help. I was like, we have no idea. And he has been, Paxton is like the chillest, sweetest baby. Um, but yeah, constantly a text message thread, especially because Heather has one that's just three months older. And like literally today, his his crib is completely chewed up. And she was like, what do I do? My kid won't stop like eating his crib. And we were like, oh, you know, teething shield. But like every day is a question. And it's always with it, my sisters. I'm still a fish out of water 99% of the time. But we have this like family support group that I think every woman, gosh, I wish they could have it because no book can, can prepare you for motherhood. <laughs> Well, and I, I could not agree more with you when I, so my baby is 15 months old, so I'm barely ahead of you and literally so close to where your sister was, but it was, she was my third, but when she was born was November 8th. Um, and so of 2019, but then my other daughter had RSV like a week after my baby was born, which RSV is a respiratory disease, but is not serious in adults necessarily, but in little kids, especially babies is very serious. And so I remember it was before Thanksgiving, but my, again, I have less than two week old and my pediatrician was like, you need to send your other daughter away or you need to go lock yourself in a bedroom. She was like, you can't have that little baby who has no shots. She cannot be around your other daughter. So it's like, I, I remember I was sitting in my bed watching the great British baking show on Thanksgiving. My daughter was wearing her little, my first Turkey shirt and we were hiding in the bedroom and we had to cancel everything. And I was all, so we started like, the whole um, quarantining thing very early um, because it was flu season, RSV season. And then of course my son got the flu. This was all pre pandemic. And so I'm like, I've got this new baby. What am I doing? And so I barely was back to work less than five weeks. And in that time I was, I went back to work and I was thinking, I've got these amazing friends. I've got me and my group of friends. There's like 20 kids amongst us. We all have two to four children, all of us. I mean, it is an insane amount of children when you get them together. And I mean, yes, I'm close to my family, but my girlfriends are like my mom group. And I was thinking, what do people do if they don't have these friends? Like, yeah. j- like you have your sisters, who do they talk to? Whether it's a breastfeeding question, they're biting the crib. Is this poop normal? Like literally anything, or is my body supposed to be doing this? This is gross. Oh, Hey, that's normal. Okay, cool. No one told me that. Um, they don't tell you any of that part, but 
anything. Ugh. They don't tell you anything. But it's like, that's the whole reason I started this podcast because I was like, oh my God, I have got to, not that these people can necessarily text me and ask me all these questions, but I reach out to random people that I like loosely know on Instagram all the time. If they post something about breastfeeding, I'll like send them a message and I'm like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Yeah. Do you have a question? So I try to reach out to people as I see it personally, but that was why I started this podcast because I was just like, I've got to create a village of women supporting women and moms supporting moms because it is the most like, I don't, there's so many books written about it. There's all of the classes, but until it's you, your body, your child, your DNA, I'm sorry. It's too hard to figure out what's going on. <laughs> it's like, they don't want to tell you the scary things either. I literally no. to my nurse practitioner who I haven't seen because I had to have the doctor and she's like, Katie, you could write the bestseller because I, other than I've been so thankful to not have postpartum depression, especially in the year that we've had, but literally every other side effect you could ever have of postpartum. I'm like a walking birth control ad. I'm like, do you not have children? This is what seriously, are you okay? Oh yeah, no, I'm good. But like my hair has fallen out. My skin is not my skin. My, you know, my TMI, my periods aren't, you know, everything is so foreign after you have a kid. And I see that so much now that I'm in my mom pods of women are like, who is this? Like, what is this body? What is it doing? And, and nine months leading up, I have a couple, like my younger employees are getting married and they have these checklists for getting married. And you know, this is, you have to send out the invitations at six months and you have to do this. Sure. There's nothing, there's no, no nine month checklist for pregnancy. And then there's definitely not like the let's get real guide to postpartum. Like, I, you know, I remember somebody posted like an ice bath, like they were making their own icicle pads for postpartum. Like they were prepping them in the freezer. And I was like, what are you with doing? diapers? Well, and nobody told me with about diapers. Yeah. I figured out that somebody must yeah. have posted about adult diapers being like the bomb. And that's like my number one tip to mom. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get you some. So no one told me that part. But after my son, if you take like a children's diaper and you pull it apart, you can fill it with oh. ice because yes, if you're swollen it. after uh, like you can sit on ice. I don't know why I didn't think about like actually using adult diapers versus, of course, the super well, glamorous, sexy mesh panties and like the giant pads and everything. But I agree with you. And you and I are going to have to have a sidebar about this because I, I had three kids. And again, you think, you know, each time, yeah. but my body was in so much more pain this entire pregnancy. I was constantly texting my friends. I'm like, why do I know this? Why don't I know this? And they're like, it's just because you're older and your body's tired of having kids. I'm like, okay, cool. So I'll just have to deal with this. Even my doctor was like, you have an angry uterus. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but great. That Glad I get to, <laughs> yeah, angry years. But then I had to like cut my hair a year ago. And I, cause it was like my hair, it wasn't that it was falling out. It had lost all of its moisture and it felt like straw. And I was like, all right, you got to cut this off. But then it's like, I was just, usually when I go back to work, I start to feel a little bit more like myself, but I got put back home. Yeah. And so I've been super struggling, figuring out who I am again. And like my body chemistry changed as to like what foods I like and don't like or react to in minimal ways. And it was not just a pregnancy thing. Like some of those things have stayed with me and I'm like, what is this? And it's like, it's so hard. And then don't, don't even get me started on like what my body's doing with like post breastfeeding three babies. Oh, but it's like, no one truly prepares a woman for it's like, Everyone just talks about that six weeks after, but I'm like, it's so much more than the six weeks after. That was like a vacation at this point. I'm like, take me back to the the six weeks postpartum because yeah, I mean, it's just everything. I like, yeah, I've had shoulders in my shower, which no shame, but like never had to like worry about my shampoo or any like just little things. Yeah. The doctor, my, my nurse practitioner was like, Katie, write the book. Like, I don't have time to do that, but 
it's amazing the things they don't tell you. I'm just like, what? Every mom, they need a mom group. They do. And I think a lot of women are just thinking, oh, I'm all alone. No one else is experiencing this. Or they're like, this is TMI. And I try to tell my friends if they're pregnant for the first time, second time, I'm like, please ask me anything. There is nothing that's TMI. Once you've had a baby come out of your body and how many doctors are involved in that process and nurses and all of the appointments anyway. So I'm like, we are all going through that. No woman is alone in that. We've been doing this for since the day of the first (laughs) baby was born on this planet. So it's like, and it's something that God bless men Clearly, we couldn't have babies without them necessarily, but it's like they cannot fundamentally understand what is going on in our bodies. They can be sympathetic towards it. They can help us in any way that they can, but there is, there's just no explaining it truly. And like, even my husband trying to sometimes assist me, I'm like, don't tell me you get it. You don't get it. And then I'm like, that's not fair. How can he? He's a man. Um, But I'm like, don't tell me you need to lose weight. Your body didn't like swing its way around three kids and back. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, he's pushing this roller up 10 hills and I'm like dying and have to go pee all the time. So yeah, like, you know, and yeah. And then there's that side effect. There's a hundred percent that side effect for sure. Oh yeah. We went the other day and I, it was my, it was four of the six sisters and the guy behind us couldn't push us down the hill with all his might. You know, we're 400 pounds at least together. And I peed. I laughed so hard at peed. And I was like, that's the first time. I was like, Welcome to motherhood. I just laughed that hard. And I know that's like, but my mom had six kids. I mean, she's literally had to like have her uterus tacked back up in her. Like, she, and so I thought she would know everything and things just like nobody and no pregnancy is ever the same. It's just wild. But there should be like, uh, like shit gets real book on and it might like, it might prevent some pregnancies, but also like, at least you know what you're in for. Yes. And I think if you're a planner of any sorts, again, just like a birth plan, you who knows anything can happen when it's in there because you're not in labor with that baby in your body at that age at that time. So therefore, it's going to be different. Um, And it is a it's a very fun thing. And it's like become a massive passion of mine. Hence why when I started the podcast, like I just was like, I'm going to do an episode a week. I didn't think anything of that. And then later I'm like talking to some of my friends are like, you kept up and did 52 episodes. And I was like, is that not what I was supposed to do? And they're like, no, you could have taken a break and like yeah. recorded all of them and then released them. And I was like, I never even thought that. But then I realized for me, I have been disconnected from everybody the last year. I have been at home because I live with my family. There's high risk people in my house, my grandfather and my dad. And I had a baby. So clearly when you have a baby around, you're being much more careful regardless. So it's like, I haven't been around my friends. I haven't been around my coworkers. I haven't been around other adults. So like the podcast is the one time each week I got to connect with other people. Some of them legitimately were some of my best friends and other people I had never spoken to before until the moment that someone connected me to them for my podcast. And every single one of those people have turned into this like beautiful friendship since. If I barely knew them, now I know them a lot. And we're, it's just, it's created this like web of moms and I love it. And I always tell people, and I'll tell you, if you know someone that you're like, you got to talk to Sarah, I'm like, please send them my way because ultimately we're, I'm just trying to make sure that other women get inspired by other people or heck with you. Maybe they're inspired to go talk to their family again or move back home because I'm with you. 
Don't people are like, would you ever move? Heck no. I built a multi-generational house. Yeah. Unless you can take this house in the land with me, which you can't, I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. Katie, you've been absolutely wonderful. I can honestly say you're one of my favorites. I'm so fascinated by your family because it, it reminds me of what it reminds me of mine just in different ways. So I'm so happy that your business, Six Sisters Boutique in Nulo, you need to check them out because you have wonderful clothes. You gave me one of my sassiest dresses that I can't wait to fit into again, which again, postpartum life, even though I'm 15 months later, we'll get there. Um, But in the meantime, I am so happy for you and your new little baby and um, your new little, is it your nephew? Do you have a new nephew too? Okay. okay, So there's boys now there's six sisters, but there's grandsons. Yes, (laughs) Finally in heaven. Yeah. (laughs) That's how my dad was because he had three daughters and then now there's, he has two different grandsons. So now he's happy as a clam. So Katie, thank you so much. Thank you. This is fun. And I got to talk to another human being out there. You know what I mean? Like adulthood and yeah, woman. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm not in your three mile bubble. See, we talk to each other. It's fine. (laughs) 